You're in uncontrolled airspace. EAA Radio welcomes back the long-running general aviation podcast, Uncontrolled Airspace, to share the microphone for 90 minutes of virtual hangar flying. Now, here are the voices in your head, the UCAP gang, editor Jeb Burnside, journalist Dave Higdon, and new media producer Jack Hodgson. Welcome, folks, to episode 299 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. We're coming to you this time from the studio in the sky, the flight line home of EAA Radio at AirVenture Oshkosh 2012. And let me say hi to my friends here in our virtual hangar. Uh, first of all, we've got Amy Lobotas here. Hi, Amy. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, considering all. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to rush these introductions just a little bit because of the weird timing of the air show. We actually have to take a break in about three minutes. But uh, I do want to say hi to all my friends here. James Winbrandt is here. Hi, James. How are you? I'm doing great. It's What a thrill to be back at Oshkosh, the world's greatest air show. I know, huh? And uh, finally, the weather turned to typical uh, what we've been expecting. It's been kind of chilly and almost nice here for uh, a, a few days. Days, but then it turned hot. It was. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, but the air show is booming and it's good. Uh, Randy Dufoe is here. Hi, Randy. How are you doing? Hi, Jack. And uh, so you've been having fun at the air show. You've been. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As it is every year. Uh huh. And uh, a new fr- an, an old friend who's a new visitor to the virtual hangar uh, is uh, a, a former EAA staffer and a, and a good pal of ours. Mary Jones is here. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm fine, Jack. How are you? I'm but, good. But now, how are you using the term old here? Let's uh, let me clarify that. <laughs> long time friend. Okay, that's good. A, a yeah. long time friend. A long time friend. Now, some might, uh, the attentive listener might wonder what's wrong with this picture, all right, because I haven't introduced my two cohorts in this podcast, um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, the first of all is uh, Dave Higdon, I'm sorry to say, has been uh, has had a family emergency, and so he isn't able to be here tonight. Uh, we're looking forward to his return very, very soon. Uh, and Jeb uh, is on the grounds, but he's running a little bit late in his duties for uh, AirVenture Today, uh, the newspaper, and I expect he'll race through the door at just about any moment now, so Jeb will be along. Uh, and uh, we may have a few other friends who will join us uh, as we proceed here. So uh, let's see. Now, how are we doing? We got like a minute or so, I guess, right? So let's just kind of get started here. Uh, how how everybody feel about the show so far? How have the crowds been? How's uh, what do you think, James? Well, you know, you make it out there periodically, and then you're writing. But when I have been out talking to vendors and asking them how things are going, obviously today was the first official day, but things were heating up from yesterday. The mm-hmm. Part of the pl- parking lots North 40 is about full, so it looks like it's... I, Mr. Hightower, I saw him this afternoon, I said, gave him a greeting, and he said, attendance is up, numbers are up, things are great, so I'll take his word for it, too. Yeah, yeah. Randy, what do you think? You've been around a lot uh, uh, doing stories for the newspaper. Well, it, a lot of airplanes. I, I uh, seems when I arrived uh, this past Friday, I, I, it seemed to me there was a, a greater collection of of uh, planes on the field uh, from the typical Friday that I arrive, and, and it's it, and it's just continued. Yep, Mary, you've been to a lot of air ventures over the years. How does this one compare so far with those in the past? I thought Friday was a really busy day around here. Of course, not being in the office any longer, <laughs> I was out here in the middle of the afternoon, and I was kind of um, surprised at the amount of traffic in the area. And it just seemed like things were pretty buzz, yeah, pretty pretty yeah. buzzing for Friday. Uh huh. Yeah. 
And uh, Amy, what do you think? You, you've been to a few air ventures in your day. How, how does this one compare so far? It's still pretty early. but It's still pretty early in the show. Uh, I think this is the hottest air venture day that I've been on the field. Yeah. We, That's absolutely we, true. we hit a milestone today, which we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, it's pretty, it was pretty warm today. It's been beautiful for the first, well, the days we were here getting set up. Uh, it, it, it was funny because we, we, a week ago Monday when we did our preview episode, we checked the internet. It was 104 degrees here that day. And we thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be one of those summers at, at uh, Whitman Field. And then it, like, cooled off, and it got down to be very pleasant for a few days. But it's been creeping back up, and today mm-hmm. it kind of crossed a line. I say it's still better than Splash Kosh. Oh, well, yeah, uh, that was, yes, <laughs> I was do a, remember that. That yes. was a different kind of thing. Anyways, we're going to talk more about this, but we got to take a quick break now. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EA. Radio. Hi, I'm Tom Polberezny. You're listening to EAA Radio. Back now with the mute button challenged hangar flying friends at uncontrolled airspace on EAA Radio. No mute button here at all, so anything's possible. Look out. Uh, so we were talking a little bit about the crowds. Uh, and I guess maybe I didn't catch a real theme here. Is the crowds normal for a, for a first day? Um, you know, yesterday was the so-called day zero um, when the first paying attendees come in, and I haven't had a chance to be out and around very much. W- were the crowds decent yesterday? I thought so. Yeah, Mary? I was out a bit. Yeah, I was yeah. here from about ten until about four, um, and there was a nice group of people moving around. Yeah. I thought, yeah. And then and t- I, today, I think the crowd is a nice crowd. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the heat may have kept a few of the locals that might have otherwise come out. From coming, but um, I I really felt like there was a nice crowd yeah. around the field today. And I did get a chance to wander around through the exhibits area a little bit. It does seem like the number of exhibits is very typical. Lots of energy, lots of excitement up in the exhibits area and uh, the exhibit hangars and the outside area there. I think there are some new products this year, which mm-hmm. I hadn't seen for a while, but, but there's actually a rash of new products yeah. coming out. Yeah. And a couple of new airplane announcements, which is nice to see. Yeah, I know. Let's talk about that a little bit here. I'm not sure. I've got a sort of an, a, a list here, and I'm, I'm not sure if this is the right order, but let's just give it a try here. Um, uh, Randy, I think you covered for the newspaper the story about Cessna unveiling this, uh, 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 what do you want to call it, the, the not a diesel. <laughs> the not a diesel, yes. Uh, uh, Cessna has announced that um, they're going to um, start producing a turbo diesel, well, <laughs> a jet A fueled one, uh, 182. And uh, once production begins on the jet A fueled model, they'll sunset the, the avgas powered uh, turbo 182, uh, which is kind of interesting. And, and really, uh, if you read it in, uh, you know, jet A fuel, the only thing that uses jet A fuel is a diesel engine. But uh, uh, Cessna's been very careful about not calling it a diesel, uh, certainly in their press releases, uh, although uh, in talking with uh, with some of the company uh, officials uh, at, the, at their press briefing, uh, the word diesel leaked out more than once, so mm-hmm. um, what, what, it is in fact that. Whether or not we're calling it a diesel, what's the virtue of this new engine? Well, uh, as, uh, as, as I think, uh, well... Jet, uh, as we know, in the United States, avgas is, is a problem, and and uh, and it's something that's being studied, and something that I think is accepted, that at least in its current form needs to be replaced at some point in time. In other parts of the world, you just can't get it at all, and uh, but Jet A is generally available. Uh, 
So if you have an airplane, uh, a, a personal airplane, light airplane, whatever whatever its mission might be, utility airplane, uh, that operates on Jet A, uh, you've got an opportunity to, to be in a lot of places that you can't be with one that burns avgas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Diesel, wasn't that supposed to be a better way to go anyway, though, than normally aspirated? So I don't quite understand their reticence to use the word diesel. And is is it or is it not a superior solution in its own right to a piston powered? Well, it, it's still piston powered, and and uh, it, uh, and I, I I gotta by all imagination, it's a better solution because it uses less fuel. Uh, it's. Uh, it still has emissions, but it's uh, not necessarily the same emissions that a gasoline engine uh, produces. Um, More reliable? So, uh, get, it has a TBO of 2,400 hours, and I don't know what the turbocharged one uh, gasoline-powered 182 was at. And uh, um, the, the question was asked uh, as to whether or not you could operate it in a Part 91 operation, much as you do with a gasoline engine, where you're ultimately going to... Uh, overhaul it on condition, and the answer from uh, SMA, the manufacturer of the engine, was certainly. Yeah. Uh, now I I heard that when they made this, when they were making this announcement, and when they said that this was not an option but a replacement of the other engine, the crowd reacted. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, and uh, it was it was in the press conference, and uh, uh, and uh, they they said this will replace the Turbo 182, and uh, actually I think it was stated that uh, the the day the first one of these rolls off the line will be the last day. A uh, turbocharged uh, gasoline 182 uh, will be produced, and uh, and and there was a gasp from a part of the crowd. And I don't know if uh, uh, Amy, maybe you know, is that a very still a very popular model? Well, the 182 is ubiquitous. I mean, you move from the trainer airplane, and a lot of people consider the 172 still as a trainer airplane into that 182 as the real machine that can haul things and uh your first charter flights are probably in a 182 mm-hmm. you know as you're as you're moving up even uh doing vfr charter and stuff like that so I, I, if there was a gasp it was the gasp of of the horrors of change <laughs> uh the, honestly uh, again with the problems that avgas has doesn't surprise me and the fact that this engine has uh, these engines have been in 182s as test beds for years it doesn't surprise me and it was implied by Cessna uh, in answer to a question that um, uh, this is the direction that Cessna is heading in essence uh, their strategy is probably less to look for a replacement for avgas than to just not use it anymore. Yeah, yeah. There's a, the, not an announcement, there's a rumor floating around about Cessna. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But first of all, one of the new things at EA Radio this year is kind of cool. We're going to give it a try here, see how it works for us. Um, uh, anyone who's listening live on the uh, radio frequency or the uh, internet stream can send us text messages, which we will see on the big board here. Uh, that's a callback to an earlier UCAP joke. Um, <laughs> And you can do that by sending text messages messages to, and the guys out in the booth are going to correct me if I get this wrong, but you send it to the telephone number 920-550-1210. 
Yeah, I believe I've got that right. Yes, they're giving me a thumbs up. So send your text messages to 920-550-1210. And we've already got two here. Look at this. Tony from Mobile, uh, a good pal of ours, uh, who helped Jeb and I get some very cool airplane rides a couple of years ago at, at, at that other fly-in down south, uh, has said hi. Uh, hi to Tony. And uh, and we've also heard from another old pal of all of ours, Afterburner Al, uh, has said hi. And we say hi back to uh, Afterburner Al. Hi, all. Yeah. Thanks for sending the messages. That's right. Hey, Afterburner Al. Yes, hi. So the rumor uh, floating around uh, was that Cessna might be considering uh, doing a cabin-class uh, turbine, turboprop aircraft, uh, perhaps six or seven seats. Uh, Randy, since you've been kind of tuned into the Cessna thing and being a Cessna guy yourself, do you have any sense of this? Well, uh, they they brought a mock-up of the inside of it here, <laughs> uh, including <laughs> cockpit and seats, so uh, you would think that they're they're uh, they're more serious than a rumor about it. Uh, there's been an airplane flying around that Cessna internally calls the uh, EVR Engineering Verification or uh, no ERV en- Engineering Research Vehicle um, that is uh, in fact has a form uh, very similar to a, a model that is uh, uh, pl- sitting next to the to the mock-up in the Cessna tent and um, and they are. Uh, Apparently, uh, seeking uh, potential customer feedback, and uh, it looks to me like an airplane that would compete with Piper's uh, M-series airplanes, and uh, uh, it would be turbine-powered, um, uh, which I think is consistent with their statement that they're not going to build airplanes that use avgas in the future. Certainly, new airplanes, um, and uh, six or seven seats in a in a cabin configuration, much like the Piper. Yeah. Um, couple other airplane announcements here, but first of all, I want to talk to Mary for a second. Mary, So, Mary, in addition to being a longtime pal of ours, uh, you were once our boss here at uh, those of us who oh, worked for the newspaper. That's right, I was. And yeah. uh, you've recently retired. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but you're not nearly as smart as you look because you <laughs> couldn't stay away, and you've, you've sort of taken on a, a, a part-time role, I guess it is. Um, Tell yeah. us what you're doing now. Well, officially I retired on June 28th. And um, I'd been working part-time for a couple of months since, I think, the end of December and enjoying that and really liking a lot less stress in my life. Not that you guys were stressful when I was your boss, but You're so kind. those other people. Yeah. Yeah. Those other people. Those other people, <laughs> I yeah. hope they're not listening. Um, so what EWA was looking for, somebody to do the new online digital, um, I guess that's redundant, the new digital experimenter magazine, which they're hoping to launch in September. And they kept asking me a couple of times, who could be hired to do this Experimenter magazine? And I thought about it for a while, and I said, you know, I did that magazine some <laughs> years ago for a few years. And then we morphed it into Sport Pilot, which we morphed into Sport Aviation. And then at that time, they introduced an Experimenter e-newsletter. But now they want to make it a little, um, take it another step further. So I said, hey, you know, what if I did that? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, that's that's a great idea. And I said, well... How about if I do it as a contractor from home and, as Mac likes to put it, so that I can work in my pink fuzzy slippers? <laughs> so so they bought me some pink fuzzy slippers because I told them I didn't have any. So um, that's what I'm doing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a contractor for so EAA now. What will be the beat of this magazine? The beat will be home-built, amateur-built, um, experimental light sport aircraft, and ultralights and light stuff. Probably not into the special light sport aircraft. We're not going to do the ready-to-fly stuff this will be kind of the old experimenter where we're doing plans and kits and um, innovative stuff that home builders are coming up with. So 
that's that's what I would describe it. Yeah, and did you say it's going to be an e-magazine or is it's it a print? Going, it's going to be digital. Digital. Mm-hmm. And, so. and what does that really mean? Well, how will it be? Will it be like uh, <coughs> delivered as an email or an e-book or a, I don't know what? Well, you'll probably get. Uh, you know, I'm not completely, absolutely sure on this, but I think what will happen is just like when Sport Aviation comes out, as the online version of the pub- print publication comes out, you're given an email. I would assume that that's going to be the same sort of an announcement sort of system. It's free to members, um, and we're hoping that lots of people will be wanting to turn those pages digitally. Mary, uh, you know, in the, in the beginning, everybody kind of had to design their own or do it from plans or something. Mm-hmm. Now we've got these quick-build kits. Everything's coming sort of similar. Are you telling me that people, we still have people out there who are pushing the envelope and they're doing it sort of from the ground up on their oh, own? Oh, sure. Oh, sure, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so when can we expect this? Um, the, the, the anticipated launch is for the early September. And so I'm going to be busy next month. Yeah. I'm looking forward to my email so I can yeah. click through and yeah. get that digital. Yeah. It's going to be fun, I think. Yeah. And I have a feeling Mary's soon going to be this sort of this conglomerate of taking over all the e-publications and so much for goodbye to stress. No, don't do no, that. No, the poor no, no, lady's no, trying no. to retire. No, you know? I'm trying to retire, James. I thought you were my friend. No, I'm no, just saying one. that they're going to come to the best person to do it, and you won't be able to say no. I think I can say no. <laughs> I'm learning to say no pretty well. Oh. Yeah. Got a couple of texts here. This is kind of cool. We got, uh, let's see now, uh, Michael Combs from uh, Flight for the Human Spirits. So glad to be here again. Listening to, so, sh- sh- to, listening to the show right now. Hi, Mary, Michael says. Hey, hi, right. Michael. I'll have to track you down tomorrow. Uh, and uh, someone from, oh, they're, they're scrolling along here. Slatton, Texas says, hi, go team RV. Uh, Steven SoCal says, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about this in a second. I won't even read this one out loud. Um, and best regards, though, he says from uh, KWHP. And uh, let's see now. Uh, I need to read these in advance. <laughs> you never know what could be on this board, right? You know? uh, uh, it says, you need a cool hat and sunglasses. We do. We're going to be out on the deck uh, next Sunday morning. That'll be fun. Uh, but right now we're inside in the studio. And uh, uh, Mary's shading her eyes from the sun. But otherwise, we're having a good old time here. You can send your text messages to uh, 920-550-1210. And uh, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about an announcement from Vans Aircraft. It's kind of cool. You're listening to uh, Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. You're tuned to EAA Radio, the voice of EAA, 96.5 FM, 1210 AM, and online at eaaradio.net. When they're at Oshkosh, there's lots more to talk about than YouTube videos. Ain't that nice? Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Speaking of YouTube videos, during the break, we kind of decoded this text message uh, that uh, made references to the cool hat and sunglasses. Apparently, we're being watched on on a studio cam. Is that correct? Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. They're uh, right up there in the corner. J- uh, uh, James, it's got the back of your head, but oh. uh, I guess they were watching Mary shade her face from the uh, sun there. So. They have my better profile. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mary had to run off. She has uh, lots of other uh, obligations and, and uh, fun stuff to do. So uh, Mary took off. We uh, thank her for stopping by. That's really, really cool of her. Uh, she's, she's a very, very uh, uh, cool lady and, and smart lady and very, very tuned into aviation. And you should check out this, this uh, new publication when it gets rolling. Her seat has been filled by another friend. I'm not supposed to say old friend anymore, I guess. I, she's got me really nervous. I, I called her an old friend. Uh, another long-time Fred, uh, friend, 
Fred Johnson is here. Hi, Fred. How are you? I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Now you're you're a you're our our military friend. You're a, a long time. Uh, I'm not sure if you were actually in the service, but you were a, a civilian in the service. Is that correct? Air Force Civil Service as a historian and curator. Yeah, and so you were uh, at uh, Edwards for a long time, um, and uh, then you retired a couple of years ago, and now you're living the life and uh, up in well, we won't say necessarily where, but you're having a good old time apparently. Yeah, and. Uh, um, in a minute, I'm going to ask you about a cool airplane ride that you got uh, in the in the near past. But uh, let's see if we can keep the thought going here. Um, we were talking about new airplanes that have been announced. And just late this afternoon, Vans announced uh, a new addition to the line. Uh, the RV-14 apparently was announced. It's really new news. And I'm not sure if any of us is really tuned in to what it's all about. Uh, I'm looking at Amy because she's the RV person. And she's looking at me going, I have no idea. I, you know. I was on a different beat today, so I didn't hear the news until you told me, yeah. quite frankly. I, I happened to be near their booth when they rolled the airplane in. I said, oh, <laughs> yeah. gee. What's it like? <laughs> uh, the way it was briefly described to me uh, is that it is either a larger RV-7, uh, RV-7 with more room and um, um, like more vertical sort of seating, uh, or a two-seat RV-10, really, wow. however you want to look at it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Because um, the RV7's, what, their most popular? i I got to guess it is. And, um, you know, uh, it's, uh, I, I believe, uh, looking uh, briefly at the spec sheet, uh, it's it's a four-cylinder uh, power design. And, um, you know, looking at a, the 210-horsepower motor, I think that's a Lycoming product, isn't it? Uh. Well, I know that... Uh, Today, also, American Champion rolled out uh, their new Extreme Decathlon, and that has a four-cylinder Lycoming, the new 210, so it could be the same power plant. That could be. That's right. Yeah. So we're going to have to get a little more information. We'll uh, pass that along in some of the UCAP dailies or when we're back uh, at the end of the week uh, here at EA Radio. Um, but uh, being from Vans, you got to take it pretty seriously. It's probably a cool airplane, and uh, we just need to learn a little bit more about it so we can... You know, I have, I have an interview scheduled with the designer in the morning. You do? So. Okay. Yeah, All right. Well, we'll be talking to you then. All right. Uh, an airplane that we've been having fun with uh, on the podcast over the years and, and here at Air Venture for a couple of years uh, actually flew today. The Sonics Jet, I'm told. Flew, uh, who saw it? James, did you see it? James just stood up to get a drink of water, and now I'm going to make him jump back in here. So, uh, but why don't you... Uh, yes, I saw the Sonics. You know, a couple of years ago, I went across the field when they were go- unveiling it, not to fly it, but just to show it. And a cute little airplane. At the time, it had a kind of a little turbine engine mounted up uh, on the uh, aft part of the fuselage. And then today, it was a flying in review. Very cool-looking plane. It uh, had some smoke trailing that they had some smoke on the wingtips. Not loud at all, fast, and it looked like uh, Sonics has come through on their promise to deliver yeah. a jet-powered uh, uh, ultralight. It, it's, it yeah, it it's like. kind of a... a, a, a what, how, what category it would fit in. I know. It's I'm a, not sure you can have a jet-powered <laughs> ultralight, but it, it's an experimental airplane yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, Randy, you were trying to tell us about they had a, a, some sort of testing problem with it, and... Uh, uh, did you? We, we, we were joking about how it tried to catch itself on fire one I, time during the I test program. Believe right? I believe when they just were doing a static run of the of the engine, it caught some piece of the airframe on fire. Or, or that was a while or ago. Melted yeah. It. And, yeah. Uh, and so it was kind of back to the drawing board. I think uh, 
this is a project that's been in the works for what three two yeah i think three we, years, we saw the first years okay the first yeah. sort of mock-up of it here yeah. a, a number of years ago so yeah. that's kind of interesting um i'm sorry sir can we help you we're having a podcast here we're doing a radio <laughs> show uh I was. I came in here to see if uh, the trash needed to be taken out. <laughs> <laughs> Jeb Burnside has arrived. Uh, finally finished up apparently his duties over at AirVenture today. And uh, I think what we're going to do is, uh, why don't you, James, if you would please uh, yield to Mr. Burnside? With pleasure. The gentleman from Florida. <laughs> What else is going on here? Let's see now. Uh, we got a couple text messages up on the board here. Let's see what we've got here. Uh, listening from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, can't to wait to be at Oshkosh on Saturday. Nate Burrows. And uh, uh, one of them says here, Jack, was that you rapping just then? Uh, very unlikely, because never in my life have I rapped. Um, Did you but, feel like rap on the table? Maybe? I don't know. But, uh, you know, it, it could be part of Mike Morgan's magic that, that made it sound like I was rapping. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, it says you sure know what the kids like. Huh? Uh, There's a joke there. Never mind. Uh, and then finally, we've got Hello Osh and, and Vintage Aircraft Volunteers. It's 57 degrees here in Anchorage, Alaska from Sean L. Oh, you're uh, killing me. Yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> Anyways. And low humidity. I know. Hi, Jeb. How are you doing? I'm better now. I'll be much better at beer 30. Yeah, I know, huh? Uh, it's... Uh, we mentioned to folks that Dave got called away, yes. and uh, you're kind of filling in for him uh, a little bit. <laughs> so uh, that, that's a that's a pair of uh, Doc Martens I don't want to touch. Yeah, I know, right? So, uh, but uh, you finally got this newspaper put to bed. And, finally uh, got um, as much of it to bed as I could have any impact on. So yeah. I was I was released yeah. on my own recognizance. Yeah, we talked a little bit about some of the things that we've seen so far, and some of our sense of how the show is going. Um, how do you think it's going, crowd wise? So far, so good. Yeah. I, I just from my very limited vantage points um crowd looks good they look hot it was warm today it was warm today very dry wind blowing very hot wind blowing um but what i've seen everybody is still uh in place everybody's still milling around the air show obviously is going on you were talking about the the sonex jet uh, managed to watch it do some limited acro earlier it looked very nice did it do acro it, uh, maybe it wasn't acro, but you know, there were some steep banks and some climbs. Oh, okay. And, All right. Uh, maybe it was just a showcase operation as opposed to some, some real acro. Yep, yep. But uh, looks good. Sounds pretty good. It's, you know, it's, it, it's although it's a jet, it's not the fastest I've ever seen. Yeah, well. But, uh, uh, you know, whether whether they'll uh, bring that to market remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh Fred, Fred is a never-ending uh, uh, supply of fascinating stuff about aviation, particularly military aviation. Um, but the one thing I wanted to ask you about right now is uh, I was I was jealous as all get out to hear that you got a ride in a very very cool airplane uh, just recently. What did you get to ride in? I had a chance to fly in the only flying B twenty nine Fifi operated oh, by Yeah, what was that like? I, that was wonderful because I've had experiences in the past in B twenty fours and B seventeens and kind of had that frame of reference b29 is a different world and it it really did represent a a leap in technology designed with pressurized compartments fore and aft with a tube that communicates between the two of them you really do feel like you're in two separate airplanes really okay and what's fifi like is it uh 
you know, is it restored inside as well, or what, what's what's that all about? It's it has been restored with turrets added, gun sights added. So in the aft gunner's compartment, you can sit in the gunner's seat, swivel as you're looking out the plexiglass blister with the with the gun grips in your hand. Uh, it's it's a very realistic experience. You can crawl. It's it's Spartan inside as it was intended to be. You can crawl back to the tail turret, which is remarkably roomy. And from back there, the the fulcrum effect of being that far behind the center of gravity, you're bouncing around a lot in that tail. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a really healthy respect for what tail gunners had to go through to really be accurate. Wow. Yeah, I never thought of that, but that's, that's an interesting observation. Des describe your flight for us. Where did you sit? What did you see? Started out in the uh, aft gunner's compartment. The way the airplane has been configured for passengers, there are six seats in the aft compartment and four additional places up front for passengers in addition to the crew. So the takeoff was at Cedar Rapids. I was told if I could make it and intercept it at Cedar Rapids, I could get the flight. And I moved heaven and earth to get yeah, there. Yeah, it's like, I'll walk. I'm getting there. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, again, when you're sitting in the aft compartment initially, you kind of feel like, well, I'm in a submarine, not an airplane, because the visibility isn't so much. And it was not intended to be. But as soon as we're airborne and you can take off your seat belts and, and start moving around, you get to the blisters, you get to looking around, and you really get a feeling for what the airplane is about. And usually the, the CAF does not want passengers migrating back and forth from the aft compartment through the, the narrow tube to the front compartment. It's pretty claustrophobic, but they allowed me to do that since I was working on photographs for the article for AirVenture today, and that was was pretty moving experience, just migrating through that passage and thinking about how many crew members had done that during the war. It, it, it's a very evocative airplane, mm -hmm. very Spartan, but that's what it was meant to be. Yeah. Fred, I presume uh, the, uh, that Fifi does not have its pressurization system in operation. That is true. It, uh, it does not even have turbo superchargers anymore. Right, it does right. not even have the system to drive the pressurization. So all flights are done uh, below pressurization altitude, but you still get the sense. You can see the pressure bulkheads. You mm -hmm. get how they were mm -hmm. set up. So you certainly get the experience of that. Mm -hmm. But you're right. It is not pressurized longer. Now, those, those engines were are kind of uh, a special um, uh, assemblage of parts, aren't they? They are. Uh, early 3350 radial engines had some uh, reliability problems. There, there is some truth to that. They were rushed to get the airplanes sure. into service. And by the time that uh, the 3350 line was really proven, airplanes like the Douglas Sky Raider and the C-119 had very accurate, very reliable versions of the 3350. Commemorative Air Force took the best features of Sky Raider engines and C-119 engines and they have built up a special set of 3350s for Fifi, and the reliability factor is really great. Now, can they pull maximum manifold pressure on those with 100 lead? <laughs> That's a good question. I have been talking with several Warbird people who are saying you're just not getting the kind of performance out of the existing gasoline that they were really intended yeah. for. So yeah. I, I would doubt that. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, they're suffering under a limitation, basically. But still, you don't know that in the flight. Sure. It's, it's and, and, and the airplane's never going to take off again at full uh, gross weight uh, for, for war emergency use. And that is true also. Yeah. It's, it's the, the luxury that the CAF has that they can fly a light airplane. Right? And it's, 
Yeah, that's very cool. That is very Fred. Cool. Uh, how long was the flight? I did, when you got off the airplane, of course, you had all your right stuff cool going. You didn't have a big smile on your face or anything, did you? No. <laughs> yeah, like the smile I wish you could see on his face right that's now. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it was a good ride. It was a very good ride. Uh, they typically do around 20 minutes to a half hour. It doesn't matter how long it is. It's too short. But it was wonderful. And the CAF, very professional. David Oliver was our aircraft commander. He's very good with everybody from kids to veterans. He engages and embraces the people who are, are in attendance. Uh, I thought it was a, a first-rate operation all the way around. Yeah, very cool. Fred, I hope you'll be able to stick around for a little while longer, but uh, we got to take a break here. A couple of quick bits of business here. First of all, uh, a shout-out here to uh, our good friend who's actually right on the other side of the glass last time I saw. But uh, Brad from Stuttgart is back, and he's brought us more chocolate. Look at this. The man's going to kill us, but kill us with, with wonderful chocolate from Germany. That's really nice. Thank you very much. And uh, a reminder that you can send us some text messages here. Send your text messages, messages easy for you to say, to... Uh, 920-550-1210 and we've got one here that says man look at the head on those shoulders oh wait it's Jeb <laughs> so anyways uh, send those text messages messages along that's kind of fun when we come back from the break uh, we're gonna we have a, a, a very exciting announcement at least we're excited about the announcement that we're about to make about a new thing from the UCAP universe uh, uh, we'll talk about that after the break you're listening to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio I'm George Whitesides, CEO of Virgin Galactic, and when we're not flying people to space, we're listening to EAA Radio. They're back with more rich of peak conversation that's just cool enough. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. And we're back. Back here at EAA Radio with Uncontrolled Airspace. Uh, We're very excited today to announce a major new part of the UCAP family. For years now with UCAP, we've had a problem. Uh, we've done almost three episodes and 300 episodes in our six years, uh, and some of what we've talked about was only relevant at the time, but a lot of it is timeless, and we think it's still interesting. But organized as 60 to 90 minute episodes, it's really unreasonable to expect our listeners to wade through all that uh, uh, stuff to find the good material. So today we're announcing and launching a new website and web application called UCAP Echo. Uh, you can find UCAP Echo at uncontrolledairspace.com slash echo. Uh, and uh, U- UCAP Echo is a searchable, browsable, shareable archive of all of the good stuff from UCAP's past. You can surf through the UCAP archive by most popular clip, by highly rated, by keywords, and by search. Uh, you can also leave comments and share the clips on your own site, just like you do with other major media sites. UCAP Echo is designed not only to work in all major desktop and laptop web browsers, but also on iPads and iPhone and Android smartphones. Any device that supports HTML5 should run UCAP Echo just fine. It's 100% web-based. You don't need to download anything. Just point your browser at the URL. UCAP Echo is being launched as beta, though. Uh, We acknowledge that it's still pretty crude and that not all the uh, features are implemented. But we wanted to get it out there so that our listeners can help us to evolve it into the best aviation media site on the net. There are currently only about 50 clips in UCAP Echo. That's not many. Um, uh, And they're mostly from our first 25 episodes. But we're going to be steadily adding new clips and other content almost every day. We estimate that from the first six years of UCAP, we will yield almost 1,000 interesting and fun clips, and we'll gradually get those all online. Also, UCAP Echo will not just be a showcase for UCAP's past. We'll also be adding content from other aviation podcasters and media producers. Starting today, UCAP Echo will 
We'll also include clips from the new Aviation Story podcast, and we're thrilled to say that uh, Stephen Force's legendary Airspeed podcast will be featured there as well. Uh, and we expect to announce more content partners in the near future. So please, check out Echo. We're very about, excited about its potential, and, uh, uh, and, and we, we look forward to hearing your, con- your comments and suggestions about Echo. Do you have anything you'd like to add uh, to that? Did you actually just use the word Steve Tupper and legendary in the I, same uh, I actually said st- legendary Steve Force. He, in his alter ego, I he's legendary. See, okay, all right. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, what, what, one, well, two comments. First of all, another another quick question. I presume that you took it out and made it public before you made this announcement. You pushed that button. I before, did push that button before we made this. Yes. Announcement. Okay. Okay. We good. were showing it off good. at Artie and Ed's last night. It was. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, we were having okay. a good time. Yeah. Um, well, also, I just wanted to publicly thank uh, uh, you um, um, for coming up with this concept, uh, doing the the hard, a lot of the hard work, most of the hard work to make it happen, and uh, just share my appreciation with you and, and uh, uh, UCAP listeners. For, yeah, for well, you're welcome. I'm, I'm really excited about the idea that a lot of this old material can become available now a little bit more easily. Um, and uh, and it kind of gives us a platform to do even more things uh, other stuff. Than, than we've been doing, in addition to the to the traditional podcast that we've been doing. So uh, it's kind of the, you know, if, if it's what I think it is, it's the beginning of a whole new, uh, you know, thing for for ucap and uh, you know the ucap world so anyways it's at uncontrolledairspace.com slash echo check it out uh, uh be forgiving because it's still a little little uh, uh raw yeah, be gentle too. yeah be gentle um send us your feedback and uh and it's it, we're going to make it steadily better and better so that's that's going to be kind of cool amy you're going to be one of the stars of echo oh. yeah <laughs> How does that happen? I expect I have every expectation that when we finally post your uh, ditching story, uh, it will be a sensation. People love your ditching story. It's very educational, very entertaining, very, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it's you, you know this. I'm glad that it that the experience has had redeeming value for the world. Because yeah. it really sucked at the time. Yeah, you got it. thank you. <laughs> one thing uh, you get, we talked about this a little bit on one of the dailies recently when Amy joined us. Um, there's a there seems to be a bunch of ADSB products uh, and add-ons and things that are appearing this year at AirVenture. Um, again, we talked a little bit about in the daily, but anybody want to add anything to this? Uh, anything that you've now had a chance to put your hands on, James? I flew over. I, I had a chance to check out the Stratos that I bought. That is the uh, ADS. You did weather. buy one, okay? Yeah. So I used it on the way out here and found it quite effective. There was uh, I came out in IMC uh, and the weather continued pretty far west. There was uh, a line that I saw, and at one point I uh, requested a route change and going direct and worked my way through two bands right in the clear. So that was uh, it was. Great mm-hmm. to have that on board. I had not previously had weather on board uh, because, you know, I'm trying to keep my monthly expenses down, so I right. don't want to have a subscription service. So this seemed to be a very good solution. I'm sure we'll be seeing more products like this at lower prices, and I think it's uh, just a fantastic addition to the cockpit. Yeah. Now, now this particular one that you have, is this a standalone device, or does it work in concert with one of your other devices? Yes, it, it works with an iPad. Uh-huh. So uh, there's no wires or anything, and previously I had had the little external GPS device, even though my iPad has a GPS device built in. The external GPS was more accurate. The, uh, the Stratus incorporates the GPS and this ADS-B in capability. So it's uh, a great solution, no wires. You just sit it up on the glare shield, 
turn it on and it automatically syncs up. The, the initial sync up is very easy to do, and after that, it's automatic. Yeah, yeah. Amy, you've been talking a, a couple times in the past on episodes that you actually have one of these devices in your RV and seem yeah, pretty pleased a, with it. we've got a hardwire system of ADSB in and out, uh, the Navworks box, and we've been very, very happy with it. Uh, just did a, a long trip and uh, found that the gaps are getting smaller and smaller across the United States. Uh, certainly the Dakotas and... Um, Wyoming and Montana are lacking ADSB ground stations, but I think that's probably going to close very, very quickly. And sure enough, about 20 minutes outside of uh, Missoula, Montana, we had ADSB again, and we had it all the way back to Florida. Now, you, if I'm not mistaken, you flew to Seattle in order to pick up that uh, voyage you went on. Yes, we did. We, we did. We did. We did an anniversary cruise. It was quite lovely. So we got to go up to Alaska, yeah. where we didn't fly for a myriad of reasons, weather being one of them. Um, they have low cloud, and they have rocks in those clouds. <laughs> hate it when that happens. Cumulo-granite, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I think it's called. Yes, cumulo-granite. But, you know, I saw a product today uh-huh. that I hit my cool button way off scale. And it's called Voice Flight, and it's TSO'd. And it sits as a little box that sits between where the Garmin's talk to each other so you can cross-fill with your Garmin's, okay, your 53430. And it allows you to say, change flight plan, enter, uh, Charlie, Alpha, Foxtrot, Tango, enter, Victor, 7, enter. Yeah, and and Does the five thirty throws it right in. Yes, and I said, well, let me try it because I figured, well, it's trained to his voice, right? Uh, uh-uh. uh. Immediately, and not only that, but it knows what a Victor Airway is now, and it populates all the intersections. How much on is it. that little puppy? Yeah, around two grand. Oh, what, 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 what? But you never have to. Reroute with the knobby I understand. thingy again. <laughs> I understand. It is TSO. For two grand, I can twist a knob. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought that the PFM on that baby was really cool, I understand. and this guy's been working on it for a decade. He, yeah. I, I think that the sweat factor on a five thirty four thirty in terms of of people trying to mm-hmm. program it is extremely high, yeah. and I've noticed as a flight instructor how it draws people back into the cockpit. When they sh- really should be doing other things, including 13, flying the airplane. 13, 14 years ago, when the 430 first came out, followed a couple of years later by the 530, the Garmin interface was the best thing since canned beer. We have gone beyond that. And even Garmin has gone beyond that with their GTN series uh, of panel mount boxes. But there's a lot of 430s and 530s out there, one of which is in my airplane. And it ain't going anywhere anytime soon either. But it is what it is. It is what it is. But this, this but now hit my, my, question hit would my be, cool factor. It would seem to me the obvious question is whether this thing is going to work well in a noisy flight environment. Uh, it does because it's coming through your mic. I'm still, I'd like to see it somehow, well, I'd like to see it demonstrated like that. Because even though it's coming through your mic, there's a lot of weird background noise going on. And, you know, I don't know. I, if, if, if one, you know, in the middle of trying to reprogram your GPS and give it a new fix or two or Victor Airway to 
to go to if one suddenly discovered something wrong with the airplane and said something along the lines of whiskey tango foxtrot where would it take you <laughs> nowhere without the word enter <laughs> i yeah. see okay all right it's it's a, it's a really interesting concept so that that that's what definitely caught my eye today as and 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 i only say that in that in that there's a ton of ADSB products, like well, we were talking about, and the lowest price point I've seen is about five ninety five. Where did you that. see that? Oh, I'm trying to remember if it was. Is that a, another another portable device? Another portable add-on device? Yeah, it was. In okay. fact, well, James talked about the uh, the Stratus, and that's a uh, relatively new product. It was announced. Uh, I'm guessing in April. I, Sun and Fun. Yeah, it was announced at Sun and Fun. I previewed it in April, so uh, it's it's about that old. Uh, that's from Sporties. Uh, you can find it on sporties.com uh, website. Um, Dual Electronics is announcing, ha, announced yes, today, I guess it was, uh, a similar product, um, also priced at the $800 price point of, of the Stratus. There is an, at least one other product like that out there, of which I'm aware. Um, and there might be a couple more announced before the week is out. So clearly ADSB is coming to a cockpit near you. Yeah. James, did you want to jump in here? Yeah. Just uh, what Jeb said, they're, they're on the way. Yeah. yeah. It's coming. Yep. What else? We've got to take a break in a couple minutes here. But, uh, um, you know, I, one thing, and I haven't seen anything about this, but I'm just, it, alternate fuels. Has anybody seen any stories or any announcements about alternate fuels? Yeah, there, there, there is some news coming out on that this week. Uh, we can talk about that after the break. Okay. We'll talk about that. And uh, big news from Washington, D.C. today. That's, yes, uh, let's that's talk gonna, about that after We'll talk about that also. after the break, too. Uh, send your text messages. Uh, they're coming up on the big board here. Uh, send your text messages to uh, 920 one zero. What do we got here? Uh, let's see. Patricia from Missouri is listening on the tram here, wandering around the uh, campground. And uh, uh, got, this is, this is, he says, "Holy techno leap, Batman!" Uh, it took me all day just to figure out texting. He says, uh, "But he's got a he's got a rent a nerd now, so he's, he's doing okay." He, also known as a seven year old, probably, probably <laughs> wishes us good luck. Thank you for that. Uh, probably from the earlier texter, he says, "Sorry about the head thing, Jeb." I'm not sure if he's sorry about the comment or. Or sorry about your head. Hey, well, <laughs> that's not really yeah, clear. Yeah. Uh, and we, we uh, don't have like caller ID on those, do we? Uh, you know, they may have it downstairs. I'm not sure. <laughs> God, you know, just curious. You know, and the NSA is in the deal. So you yeah, know, uh, yeah. So, anyways, finally, uh, our good pal Champ Guy checks in. Uh, he says, uh, uh, "Champ Guy here, uh, you guys." And then he says a very kind thing that I won't repeat on the air. But thank you very much. That's very nice. Yeah, of it's you. very nice. Yes. We're having a good time here. Uh, we're doing our podcast on EA Radio, and uh, we're going to take another break here. We've got another two more segments. We're going to be here for another half an hour. We're going to talk about Washington, D.C., and uh, we're going to talk about, uh, well, where else? Oh, we're going to talk about alternate fuels when we come back from the break. Uh, you're listening to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. You're listening to the voice of EAA, EAA Radio, 96.5 FM, 1210 AM, and EAA There's Dave Higdon behind a camera lens, Jack Hodgson behind a mic, and Jeb Burnside, well, he's just behind. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Hey, Jeb. So mystery. Welcome to EAA Radio, Jeb. Huh? Huh? Yeah, I tell you. 
So we were marveling at the big board during the break here, all right? This is just like quite an amazing piece of technology here. This is a big, must be like a, I don't know, 60-inch, uh, uh, you know, big screen. I don't know if it's a plasma screen or a big LCD screen. Uh, it, it's got a great big old analog clock on it. It's got a digital clock with the date. Uh, it's got a uh, weather radar uh, up in the corner. Uh, it's got, uh, let's see now, it's got uh, uh, some alerts here. What is, this? A we- is that a weather alerts? Is that what the EAS alerts are? Yeah, it is, just All in right. case. Any kind of emergency alerts, we'd see them right away. Yeah. It's uh, showing us one of the uh, one of the uh, AirVenture webcam feeds up here, so you, you folks may be looking at those. It's not showing our feed, which probably is for the best. Um, it's got the uh, text messages that people are sending along, and it's got the uh, current weather here at Whitman Field. Let's see now. So it's currently, it's, uh, it's actually cooled off. It's it's, it's a very comfy 93 degrees here at, at Whitman Field now. Uh, 37% humidity, uh, four mile an hour wind, and from the west. And, uh, Not to be used. And it's actually for listing planning. It's actually listing the wind chill. This is just great. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, and it's got the uh, text messages. Let's see now. We've got uh, uh, a text message from uh, from. Uh, 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 a JR from uh, the Aviation Story. Uh, many thanks for the shout-out. Looking forward to Echo, he says. Thank you. So are we. Uh, let's see now. Uh, guys, I hope Champ Guy made it this year. Uh, he, uh, do you know how far he flew that champ in years past? A long freaking way, he says. Tony. Uh, champ Guy, I think he's flying out this year. I, I thought... I, mean, I thought he was already here. Uh, that may be the case. I, I haven't seen him yet. But, yeah, uh, yeah he was going to fly his champ from Oregon. And uh, that's an adventure, I'll tell that's you. That's an adventure. Yeah. Hey, Fred, um, you know, we, we always enjoy hearing you tell us about Warbird stuff uh, when we're all hanging out at the newspaper office. Tell us a little bit about Warbird activities here so far this year or what you're looking forward to. I'm, I'm such a lucky guy. I could get lost. I could just wander out there and mm-hmm. be lost. It's a good thing that Jeb gives me deadlines. It gives me a reason I have to come back to the office and write up what I've what I have seen. Warbird enthusiasts are passionate and diverse, so my favorites, the things I point out, may not be everybody's favorites, but especially noteworthy this year is the P-40C Tomahawk and the A-36, variously called the Apache, the Invader, or a version of the Mustang. Both of those are outstanding restorations the the craftsmanship in both of them is remarkable and they are both very rare airframes so those right now those rise to the top immediately in my mind Mm -hmm. yeah what other have you gotten any good rides other rides lately the fifi it's gonna be hard to beat but uh um you know you're sort of retired now do you still have the same kind of access that you used to have i'm i'm uh building new connections as a retired person, working on some web video, working on you know different things like that. So I expect that I will be doing a little more air-to-air work and things like that as time goes by. Yeah, You're cool. involved in another research project right now, I understand. It's quite interesting. Well, I am. I'm uh, just contracted to write a book that spans many years of Air Force acquisition, assimilation of German technology, and that actually goes from before World War II, when the Army Air Forces was just trying to figure out what the heck are those Germans doing, through the war, when we were trying to figure out how to counter what they were doing, and up to the end of the war, and a few years after, when we took what they were doing and assimilated a lot of it. Yeah. So, um, cool stuff, cool stuff, and uh, we, we ought to get you on the podcast more often because you, you got a lot of good, good things that you've seen over the years. So, Jeb, I'm not sure where. To, well, let's talk about fuel first. Um, you, you seem to uh, have heard about some news about alternate well, fuels. There's, there is news uh, here in this in this uh, arena. It's not necessarily you know uh, um, 
a lot of great progress, but there is there is movement. And uh, this came about earlier in the year when a uh, a panel uh, put together by the FAA called the uh, Unleaded uh, uh, Avgas Transition, I believe it's called UAT uh, uh, committee, uh, made some recommendations to the agency and to industry. Um, part of the uh, the panel's uh, a charter, if you will, was to look at uh, the range of alternatives out there that already exist and determine if any of them were uh, viable, uh, ready for prime time, as it were, as uh, replacement fuels or, or as, as alternative fuels, alternatives to uh, 100 low lead. The uh, committee determined that <clears throat> none of those existing alternatives were ready for prime time at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some of those determinations were made not on the basis of the you know, chemical composition or, or ability of that particular fuel to meet needs, but lack of production facilities, lack of distribution facilities, things of those right. uh, kinds. Um, the uh, panel also recommended that, um, um, well, it pointed out uh, and, and strongly recommended that the FAA has to belly up to the bar a little bit. The FAA has to take the lead. Uh, the in- industry does not have the capability to do this uh, by itself. The industry, uh, FAA has to take the lead and come up with some funding uh, and come up with some, some programmatic uh, influence uh, to do some testing, preferably at its um, uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey research facility, to come up with um, the appropriate uh, um, research and, and data demonstrating that whatever fuels or fuel is chosen uh, to to go forward as an alternative to 100 low lead, that it meets the needs of all uh, uh, users in the airspace system. In other words, all users uh, of piston engines, and that runs a very very wide range. Also, mm-hmm. so. Uh, it's a step forward. It's not the end of the world. It's not the panacea. It's not the new, you know, 100 uh, no lead uh, fuel that we all kind of hope and pray for. Uh, but it is progress. And uh, you'll be hearing more about that this week. You'll be hearing more about it in, in coming weeks, uh, I'm sure, from other uh, uh, aviation news outlets. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So. You guys have anything to add to this whole alt- alternate fuels thing? Well, it's sort of, in a way, disappointing. You, you hear so much more progress made in the biofuels and at uh, Jet A and stuff, and I just don't understand. It would be nice if things worked out at the avgas level, too. It, 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 it very much so uh, would be a nice thing. Part of the problem, of course, is the uh, market, worldwide market for 100 low lead is a very small fraction of the worldwide market for jet A fuel. Uh, as an example, we saw here this early, already this week where Cessna has come out and announced a new model of the 182 Skylane, um, essentially powered by a diesel engine burning jet A fuel. Um, you're, you're not going to see me convert my debonair to burn jet A. <laughs> Uh, not without a substantial influx of cash from some governmental entity. So, and, and the the, the IO five forty that Amy has in in her RV ten, she's shaking IO, her head no. IO five twenty yeah. in my airplane, they will not operate 
safely or reliably on, say, UL-96 fuel. That is correct. We have to have something that is as close as possible to 100 low ed, if not 100 low, if not 100 octane fuel. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't get enough performance. No. To, to make the airplane do what it's supposed to do. Well, and, and the, the solution, of course, that some would, would have operators of these aircraft uh, implement is to use reduced power settings. Yeah, derate it. Derate and it's the like, engine. Dude. And it's not, I'm not going to do that. No, I spent money to get that exactly. power. Yeah. Fred, does the Warbird world have problems with fuel? Are they trying to find alternatives, or are they just kind of hunkered down and... I was talking with uh, Tom Bullion, who has the the uh, Stinson Reliant in Royal Navy markings, and he was saying that using 100 low lead, he doesn't get quite the the bite that he would if he could get uh, older Avgas for for his purpose. Yeah, you so, did mention that earlier about Fifi not running, you know, the same on modern day you gas. Can, you can expect that that there is some impact in that way. Uh, I was thinking even, and this gets back to jet fuel, when I was at Edwards Air Force Base and they were still flying the NB-52, the mothership that had launched the X-15s and it continued on up through the X-43 in 2004, it was the only B-52 that still burned JP-4. The fleet had been converted to JP-8, so NASA would have to order a you know tank car load of JP-4 to be refined for their uses to keep that airplane going. But the seals in the airplane would have to be replaced before it would be compatible with JP-8, and that was a, considered a multi-million dollar task. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We definitely want to talk about this Washington, D.C. thing, but we've got, we've got to take a break here, so uh, we'll do it when we come back from the break. Uh, we'd still love to see a few more text messages before we're done here. Send your text messages to 920-550-1210. We've got another 15-minute segment when we come back, uh, and we'll talk about Washington, D.C. and kind of try to wrap this thing up. Uh, you're listening to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. You're listening to EAA Radio, the radio voice of Air Venture. Here is today's Flying Manners tip from Jeb Burnside. Wheels up should never be before 12 noon. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. We're back. Sun's starting to set here at Whitman Field. It's uh, it's still, still it hasn't lowered down from the 93 degrees. It's, uh, uh, it, it's actually, we're inside. We're in a little air-conditioned room, and uh, it's kind of pleasant to hear all the sun shining through the windows. It gets a little uncomfortable, but uh, otherwise a very nice room. We've got a beautiful view of the field from up here, airplanes in just about every direction. You look out these windows. Uh, a lot of show planes on the grounds. Uh, if we look off to the south uh, and kind of look carefully, you can see the row of cubs. The cub thing is just really yeah. cool. Uh, oh. If you haven't you know, had a chance to see either in person or, or, or through pictures, um, the, it's just row after row after row after row of these beautiful yellow cubs, and uh, uh, it's just a terrific thing to see them all in one place like this. Jeb, Washington D.C. So, uh, is it is it possible that our government has done something good for us here? Well, it is, and uh, for once, maybe. I, I, you know, on one level, I kind of wonder if um, uh, there's not going to be a price to pay down the road. Maybe. So what? But, something but happened today. Tell us what. There is something that happened today. Um, and we've... Oh, let me set the stage here a little bit. Uh, Dave and I especially, but to all three of us in a, in a, in a couple of recent episodes have talked about the uh, Pilot's Bill of Rights. And uh, we talked about uh, Senator Jim Inhofe of, of Oklahoma and uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, ways in which uh, the Pilot's Bill of Rights came to pass. 
uh, introduced his legislation, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, summer of uh, 2011, uh, just over a year or so ago. Uh, well, today I am happy to announce uh, the uh, House of Representatives uh, passed uh, Senator Inhofe's bill. Um, that action uh, clears the bill for signature by President Obama because yeah. the Senate uh, last month passed the same bill. So it's exact. So there's no conference. There's, 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 there's no, no necess- There's no need for a conference. The bill has been passed uh, verbatim, identically by both houses of Congress, and it now goes to the White House. Yeah. May I ask, given what? the fractious nature of Congress today, how did that happen? That happened. Um, <laughs> I don't know is the quick answer. It's uh, that good a bill. It's, <laughs> thank you, Amy. Yes, indeed. Um, well, a lot of people give credit to the GA caucus. A lot of people uh, give credit to the GA caucus. Let's back up, though. Let's give credit where credit is due. And that goes squarely to Senator Inhofe. Yep. Okay. Uh, he came up with it. Now, in fact, he came up with this idea several years ago uh, with a, a different and much smaller bill in the aftermath of the uh, FAA treatment of Bob Hoover, if you'll remember I that. I didn't that's know that. Been, okay. Uh-huh. That's been 12, 13, 14 years ago. Wow. At least. At least. Yeah. Okay. And at the time, he came up with a similar piece of legislation. My institutional memory goes back that far. <laughs> um, but it didn't really gain any traction. Uh, this recent version, uh, again, thanks to, to the good senator, did gain some traction. And he, um, I'm sure, spent a lot of time talking to his colleagues in the Senate. He elbowed them. He cajoled them. He twisted some arms. He got 65 co-sponsors mm-hmm. for that bill. There are only 100 senators mm-hmm. in, the, in the Senate. Uh, and uh, you only need, of course, 50 votes uh, nominally. Uh, uh, to get something passed. So right away, he had 65 co-sponsors. That's a majority. No, no questions asked. In, in the event the bill was passed uh, by voice vote under unanimous consent in the Senate, basically passed unanimously, which in and of itself is also a feat. Um, I was communicating earlier uh, today with uh, Doug McNair. He's vice president for government relations for EAA. And uh, he reminded me of something that I had forgotten That that is, I think... Part of the uh, the the, uh, the tells that says something about the significance of this, and Doug correctly noted this is the first time a bill oriented towards general aviation, the general aviation industry, has passed Congress as a standalone bill since the General Aviation Revitalization Act in 1996. So that's, that says something, uh, I think, about, about the senator's dedication to this industry. Now, um, in the House, uh, Senator Sam, excuse me, Representative Sam Graves uh, of Missouri, uh, who was also co-chairman of the General Aviation Caucus in the House, I think is the one who deserves a lion's share of the credit uh, for getting it through the House. I'm sure he worked very closely with Senator Inhofe. I'm sure he worked very closely with other members of the uh, of the General Aviation Caucus, uh, but at the end of the day, he's he's the one that EAA and, and AOPA and other organizations are giving the lion's share of the credit to in the House, and it's it's well deserved. So, uh, in the House earlier today, um, uh, the bill went through again. 
uh, without any opposition, again on a, on a basically a voice vote. It was a set of non-controversial set of procedures designed for for considering non-controversial legislation, which in and of itself should tell you uh, how much background work went on behind the scenes uh, from Mr. Graves and from Mr. Inhofe to make this happen. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's very good. That's a very cool thing. Uh, but what is the Pilot's Bill of Rights, as James, James is about to ask? Now, let me, let me, let, we don't have an awful lot of time here. Can you give us a quick summary, and then four, on four, future episodes we'll talk more about this? Four quick things. Yep. One is um, it, it mandates that the FAA give uh, any evidence against a pilot used in an, an enforcement action, give that evidence to the pilot 30 days before the FAA takes any action. Okay. second thing it does is removes... Uh, the NTSB as the only course of an appeal from the FAA on an adverse action. Previously, uh, under existing law, the NTSB was the court of appeals for FAA enforcement action. Now the pilot has the choice of going to other courts beyond the NTSB as a matter of course. Uh, Third, excuse me, thirdly, the bill uh, mandates the FAA do something with the NOTAM system. Oh, thank goodness. Yes, yes. And there's some specific things in the bill that the FAA is supposed to be doing with the NOTAM system. The final and fourth thing that the bill does is remove, mandate that the FAA clean up the medical uh, application form and remove some of the leading questions and also remove from the equation the presumption that if someone makes an honest mistake and answers one of the questions erroneously that they are not automatically considered guilty of fraud or perjury by the FAA on that form. So all four of those things um, uh, are are much needed reforms in my my mind. There's some other reforms that could be applied also. But those four things will get us uh, um, a lot more daylight between where we are and where we need to be. Sounds cool. Yeah. I don't know. Where's the gotcha? Is this a binding thing, or is this is this some sort not some sort of resolution? Right. This is a no. This is statute. This yeah. is statutory language. This will be the law of the land once it's signed by the president. Now, you know, oh, Obama's not going to sign. I, there's no reason for him not to sign this. I, I would it's like a to non, think so. Yeah. It's a non-controversial thing. Um, I mean, it doesn't even rise to the. It shouldn't shouldn't rise to the level of being uh, any kind of a political football. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We have about five minutes left here. Uh, so, you know, some of us have been here for a few days. It seems like we're must be half. We're just at the very beginning of Air Venture 2012. And uh, uh, there's a lot of things that are going to be happening over the next couple of days. Uh, what, are, what are we looking forward to? What, uh, you know, I don't know. I happen to be looking straight at James. What, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to this week? Well, and I, don't say meeting your friends. We're all looking forward to work, to meeting our friends and all the people. Of course, that, that's, part of, that's part of the experience. No, but uh, I'm, I'm very heartened by the fact that there are new products coming out. And I've already seen some, as I was saying yeah. today. The Extreme Decathlon was introduced from American Champion. Uh, a one of the companies that has not yet gone to China, and <laughs> and on that subject, at least somebody's willing to invest yep. in aviation companies. Yeah. One bit of news we heard uh, just this afternoon: um, our friend Bad Brad from Stuttgart, uh, who is a consultant for Pipistrel, uh, tells us that today on day one of Air Venture 2012, they sold two airplanes, which right. is probably confidential information. No, no, now not, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. well, no, I think did, did y'all talk about vans in the RV14? We bit. did. Okay. We didn't have a lot there's of hard another, information. There's another new product coming out. Uh, Pipistrel also announced a um, 
I won't say a stripped down, but a, a redesigned uh, training uh, platform in the on the LSA. Uh, is, it, uh, is this the Alpha? The, uh, yes, train, yep. Alpha Trainer. It's called. Uh, retails for eighty something thousand dollars, and is certainly a, a much more viable alternative for a brand new training airplane for for a training organization than some of the other alternatives. Yeah. Uh, Velocity, one of the right. stalwart companies in yeah. the home built industry sure. today. Uh, they're they're showing their V twin, yeah. a, a twin engine Velocity. Uh, they had talked about doing something like that for years. Uh, Dwayne Swing last year said, "We're going to do it." In October, they started designing. Six months later, first flight. It's that's here. interesting. What, wasn't didn't Velocity get bought? Isn't aren't they the ones that got bought by the Rocket Racing League? Or am I thinking of something else? I don't believe. I believe they're still a family-owned company. Yeah. Okay. Swing. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. 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 So people are doing things. At the end of uh, the the introduction, of extreme decathlon. I think uh, Jerry Malhoff Senior summed up when he said. Things are starting to turn around, or at least I hope that he's correct on that. And he certainly has a lot at stake in in, in investing in the future. Yeah, uh, uh, Randy, anything you're looking forward to here? Well, I'm uh, looking forward to you know these uh, first couple of days with the paper are always really busy, and so I'm looking forward to spending a little more time on the grounds, and I want to go swim a bit in that field of yellow and 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 yeah. talk to some more people about their cubs i've gotten a grand opportunity to talk about a couple of rare ones already uh but uh there's there's more stories to be told out there yeah this is the first time i've had a chance to, to see anything other than my laptop screen <laughs> so, amy what are you looking forward to uh, I'm having a very good time wandering the halls, and like like you all said, there's there's a sense of of excitement of new new things here, uh, companies I haven't seen before or I heard might be coming are actually here with a box, and they're saying no no, it's really TSO'd already. I mean that's that's, that's a big that's, deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're just about reached the end of our allotted time here, uh, and, uh, and we're going to go out and kind of continue covering this uh, this event. Uh, we've been, in addition to these full blown episodes that we're doing, obviously tonight and on Sunday morning, uh, we're doing UCAP dailies. Uh, it, the dailies are much more about giving the flavor of the show, giving the the kind of feel of what's going on. So you might want to check out the dailies on our website and on the uh, on the uh, stream. And the dailies, by the way, are going into Echo right away too. So there's another thing you can you can listen to in the Echo system. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, we're, uh, anyone who's here on site or will be here on site uh, later this week on Thursday evening, we're going to have our uh, annual and uh, and uh, gradually becoming legendary tie-down party uh, <laughs> over on uh, the uh, just outside the airport fence uh, on, at the nor- northwest pedestrian gate. Uh, it's over there near the uh, Super 8 Motel and uh, Friar Tucks. That's a Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Come on by and, uh, and say hi. We'd love to see you. Legendary uh, in our own minds. That's right. We're going to have some beverages and we're going to have some cheesy poofs and i think we're gonna have some live music (laughs) (laughs) so that's gonna be fun um what else is going on here i got a couple thank yous but uh, i want to make sure we cover everything a couple more texts here Uh, there's actually one i think it's all one text that's extended over over multiple texts um but one of them says something that's very 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 dear to us and and uh um at the heart of this text uh this texter says uh my in my wallet is an faa ticket that you guys influenced me to get and and there's just hardly any higher praise for us than that we are getting people excited about aviation because we are very excited about aviation and and, and it's a, a thrill to, to bring somebody into the fold or to encourage somebody to pick up where they left off. 
So thank you for that comment. We really, really appreciate it. The texts are very cool. Thanks to EA Radio, EA Radio for putting this together. The big board is, like, impressive. We need... Jeb, the three of us need to get one of these big boards in our in where we do the regular podcast from, so that we can. You think? I have one. It's just in the other room. Yeah. Well, no, see, it's then it's then it's purposed badly. We need to, to figure well, that I out. Rarely, I rarely turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> we want to say thank you to all of our EA friends who make it possible for us to be here uh, each year as AirVenture attendees, and, and, and we know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and in our, our various volunteer and working roles, we really appreciate your making that possible for us. Uh, as always, big big thanks to Tommy and Jim and to the entire EA Radio gang. We thank them for uh, allowing us to uh, use their microphones and their airwaves and their Thank internet you. streams and, and, and all of it. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, a privilege and very, very cool. Thanks to Fred Johnson for stopping by and telling us about Warbirds. Thanks to uh, Mary Jones for stopping by and breaking the ice. We've been trying to convince her for some time to come on the podcast, and she was as good as we all thought she would be. It was a pleasure to see her. Randy, thank you very much for coming by. James, thank you very much. James Winbrandt, Randy always Dufo. Always Yep. Uh, Amy Lobota, thanks as always for being with us. Uh, and uh, to out to Dave Higdon, we'll see you soon. Uh, Jeb Burnside, thank you very much. I'm Jack Hodgson. And uh, as someone might say, what does he say? He says, Go flying. Because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. Ta-ta. This is the voice of EAA. EAA Radio. 96.5 FM, 1210 AM, and online at eaaradio.net.